So the other day, I thought I was dying. Honest to goodness, I thought I was dying. And well, I'm not going to go into all the details right now about all of that. Um, other than to tell you that in that time, it was for about four or five hours during that time that I thought I was actually dying, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid at all, not of dying. And I haven't been in many years. What I am afraid of when I think about getting older and going through life is dementia. I don't know anybody personally in my family or, or close friends that have had to deal with that, but I've I've seen stories, I've read stories about it, seen movies about it, and all different types of things. And it literally, it scares the hell out of me of thinking that you get to a point in your life where you don't know who your own children are or your wife or husband. Sometimes I guess you don't even know who you are. You don't remember things that happened an hour ago, but somehow you're able to remember something that happened 45 years ago. It's uh, it's just a scary thought. One of the story, short stories I've been working on is a story of just about that, and it's called A Familiar Face. And I'm going to share that uh, a portion of that with you today. It'll be over two uh, different broadcasts that I do this. I don't like these to ever get too long, and uh, I don't like to listen to long ones, and I don't think I should do real long ones. But I hope you enjoy this story. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. It's called A Familiar Face. It's one of those odd things that happens to everyone. Like hearing a song from the past and the artist's name is on the tip of your tongue. But you're stuck in the middle of remembering and not remembering. Now if you heard their name, you you would know it. This orphan memory sits there unsatisfied until you remember it. Someone reminds you of it or you finally just give up and move on to the next song. Another odd thing that we experience sometimes is that feeling called deja vu. You know, when you think you've been here before, but you haven't, yet everything seems so damn familiar. Now, let me ask you this. Has this ever happened to you? You meet someone, and you believe you recognize them, but it's the first time you've ever met. They confirm this. Nope. Never been here before. Never seen you. Sorry. I get that a lot. No, you're mistaken. But the feeling of recognition persists. The feeling begins to pull on you. A moment ago, he or she was a perfect stranger. Now, she is a tug. If you combine all three, a stuck thought, deja vu, and a tug of recognition, well then, my friend, you've got my story. I've lived here a long time. Today is her first day on the job. She told me so, as if preparing me for any stupid mistakes she may make along the way. She hadn't, up to that point, made mistakes, and quite frankly, she hasn't since. So her confession of first-day jitters was not needed. For two reasons. She made no mistakes, and secondly, I know the face of every nurse working in the Forget-Me-Not Assisted Living and Memory Care Unit. 
every damn one of them. Hers is not one of them. Yet, so familiar. An annoying tug on the brain. I've seen her before. I know her. The pesky tug moves down, attacking your guts. Deep inside, a beast awakens, sucking all of the thoughts and reflections down into his dark pit. Down, 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 like your memory's trying to shit out all the other thoughts, so you can concentrate on remembering. I know you. Has that ever happened to you? Now, you may be thinking this has something to do with my age, or that I live in a place where people who forget shit all the time live. Well, you would be wrong. It has nothing to do with my age, nor my memory. I am old, if you measure life by years lived or by years left to live. If you're one of those, a word of advice. Stop being an idiot. Whatever measuring tool you use to measure others will one day be used to measure you. You have no choice in this matter. It is an unwritten rule of life. Hell, it might be biblical. So stop doing it. Unless you are an idiot and a hypocrite. If that's the case, I don't give a flying pickle what you think about my age or my lapse of memory when it comes to her face. You see, it's all about her face. Forget everything else you think you know about me. Toss away all your preconceived notions of people with gray hair, wrinkles, and titanium hips. I can do more with a single thought than you can do with a day of binge-watching stupid cat videos on the social brain-melting media. Except, remember where I saw her face. She came in this morning, just as the breakfast crowd was rolling and wobbling their way back to their rooms. Rooms reeking of stale piss and mentholated ointments, where they will lie in bed all day, sleeping through game shows and swearing at the talking heads on CNN. All the while, hoping today is the day a visitor comes. It won't be, but don't tell them that. For many, that's all they have left, hope. They don't come to visit anymore. They, being the children or the grandchildren or any others who fall under the post of family. Oh, I guess if it's a holiday, one of the biggies, they'll show up with flowers and photos, meaningless gifts, and excuses why they can't stay too long. But on the other days, the days Hallmark doesn't write movies about, they don't come. I never go back to my room after breakfast, or lunch, or if the sun is still in the sky. Going back to that room means dying. There's nothing else to do. So the other day, I thought I was dying. Honest to goodness, I thought I was dying. And, well, I'm not going to go into all the details right now about all of that. Um, other than to tell you that in that time, it was for about four or five hours, during that time that I thought I was actually dying, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid at all, not of dying. And I haven't been in many years what I am afraid of when I think about getting older and going through life 
is dementia. I don't know anybody personally in my family or or close friends that have had to deal with that, but I've I've seen stories, I've read stories about it, seen movies about it, and all different types of things, and it literally it scares the hell out of me of thinking that you get to a point in your life where you don't know who your own children are or your wife or husband. Sometimes I guess you don't even know who you are. You don't remember things that happened an hour ago, but somehow you're able to remember something that happened 45 years ago. It's uh, it's just a scary thought. One of the story, short stories I've been working on is a story just about that, and it's called A Familiar Face. And I'm going to share that uh, a portion of that with you today. It'll be over two uh, different broadcasts that I do this. I don't like these to ever get too long. And uh, I don't like to listen to long ones, and I don't think I should do real long ones. But I hope you enjoyed this story. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. It's called A Familiar Face. It's one of those odd things that happens to everyone. Like hearing a song from the past, and the artist's name is on the tip of your tongue. But you're stuck in the middle of remembering and not remembering. Now, if you heard their name, you, you would know it. This orphan memory sits there unsatisfied until you remember it, someone reminds you of it, or you finally just give up and move on to the next song. Another odd thing that we experience sometimes is that feeling called deja vu. You know, when you think you've been here before, but you haven't, yet everything seems so damn familiar. Now, let me ask you this. Has this ever happened to you? You meet someone, and you believe you recognize them. But it's the first time you've ever met. They confirm this. Nope, never been here before. Never seen you. Sorry, I get that a lot. No, you're mistaken. But the feeling of recognition persists. The feeling begins to pull on you. A moment ago, he or she was a perfect stranger. Now, she is a tug. If you combine all three, a stuck thought, deja vu, and a tug of recognition, well then, my friend, you've got my story. I've lived here a long time. Today is her first day on the job. She told me so as if preparing me for any stupid mistakes she may make along the way. She hadn't, up to that point, made mistakes, and quite frankly, she hasn't since. So her confession of first-day jitters was not needed, for two reasons. She made no mistakes, and secondly, I know the face of every nurse working in the Forget-Me-Not Assisted Living and Memory Care Unit. Every damn one of them. Hers is not one of them, yet so familiar. An annoying tug on the brain. I've seen her before. I know her. The pesky tug moves down, attacking your guts. Deep inside, a beast awakens, sucking all of the thoughts and reflections down into his dark pit. Down, down, down like your memory's trying to shit out all the other thoughts so you can concentrate on remembering. I know you. Has that ever happened to you? 
Now, you may be thinking this has something to do with my age or that I live in a place where people who forget shit all the time live. Well, you'd be wrong. It has nothing to do with my age nor my memory. I am old if you measure life by years lived or by years left to live. If you're one of those, a word of advice. Stop being an idiot. Whatever measuring tool you use to measure others will one day be used to measure you. You have no choice in this matter. It is an unwritten rule of life. Hell, it might be biblical. So stop doing it. Unless you are an idiot and a hypocrite. If that's the case, I don't give a flying pickle what you think about my age or my lapse of memory when it comes to her face. You see, it's all about her face. Forget everything else you think you know about me. Toss away all your preconceived notions of people with gray hair, wrinkles, and titanium hips. I can do more with a single thought than you can do with a day of binge-watching stupid cat videos on the social brain-melting media. Except, remember where I saw her face. She came in this morning, just as the breakfast crowd was rolling and wobbling their way back to their rooms. Rooms reeking of stale piss and mentholated ointments where they will lie in bed all day, sleeping through game shows and swearing at the talking heads on CNN. All the while, hoping today is the day a visitor comes. It won't be, but don't tell them that. For many, that's all they have left. Hope. They don't come to visit anymore. They, being the children or the grandchildren or any others who fall under the post of family. Oh, I guess if it's a holiday, one of the biggies, they'll show up with flowers and photos, meaningless gifts, and excuses why they can't stay too long. But on the other days, the days Hallmark doesn't write movies about, they don't come. I never go back to my room after breakfast or lunch or if the sun is still in the sky. Going back to that room means dying. There's nothing else to do. I had the television removed on the first day I came to the Forget-Me-Not Assisted Living and Memory Care Unit. A second word of advice. I have a crap load of advice if you're wondering. Turn off your friggin' televisions. Now you may be too young or too much of an idiot to realize this. Televisions are the second brain. It's like an understudy in a Broadway play. It takes over when your first brain is too lazy to undertake cognitive thought processing. Binge on that, you moron. After a light breakfast, I sat near the bay windows, the ones facing the east. It's a morning ritual, along with an English muffin, spread with marmalade and, oh, just a smidgen of butter, followed by two cups of black coffee. Not that decaffeinated shit. Decaf coffee's like having sex and falling asleep before you orgasm. You get nothing out of it. Nada, nothing, zilch me, amigo. Twice a week, I treat myself to a piece of bacon laid across the top of that muffin, between the butter and the marmalade. But only twice a week. You gotta watch the health. I only have a small amount of it left. Someone had opened the windows. 
allowing the morning breeze and the sounds of nature in. The sky was blue, a token cloud, weak and wispy, floated above the horizon. That cloud would die before too long, like so many of those here at the Forget-Me-Not. I was watching a mockingbird give heck to a finch, El Fringalito, trying to perch on a branch belonging to the first. The finch had balls, <laughs> cojones. That larger bird would win a fight hands down. But the finch, armed with swiftness and cojones, mocked and teased the other. It will be a good day to go outside. Watching birds, inviting the sun to warm my balding head as I practice my Spanish lingo. I bought the book Learn to Speak Spanish in a Month in the Forget-Me-Not bookstore three months ago. I'm still learning. I go to the bookstore every Tuesday morning. It's another ritual. That's when the new books come in. I check out the new releases before strolling over to the classic literature section to see if anyone has bought one of my books. No one has. They're still there on the shelf, untouched. Dust covers covered in dust. Well, I guess not everyone has good taste. It walked over just as the mockingbird was flying away. The victorious finch perched on the branch of the river oak, singing her morning victory song. And this is Mr. Paul Jameson. Darlene, the meanest nurse at the Forget-Me-Not, told the girl she was with. He was a writer. She smiles at her own choice of words. Was a writer. Darlene Bridges is the meanest nurse west of the Mississippi. And she's the only mean-ass bitch at the Forget-Me-Not. All the other nurses and the LVNs are friendly and helpful. And they're much younger than Bridges. Bridges must be at least 70 years old, maybe older. This past winter they had a special dinner for her, celebrating 50 years at the Forget-Me-Not. Now math has never been my strong suit. But 50 plus anything equals not young. I wonder how many people she's watched die. This is Sue, she tells me. She'll be helping in the dining area, making sure no one chokes on an English muffin. She smiles again. Or a piece of bacon, raising an accusatory eyebrow before walking away and leaving me with the girl. I look up at Sue. A brilliant morning sun is shining through the bay window, making it difficult to see the features of her face, or the sun and cataracts. Her hair is blonde and pulled back into a ponytail. A few strands have escaped the chokehold of her pink scrunchie. She's a foot taller than Bridges, slender and athletic. Nice to meet you, Mr. Jameson. She glances down at the book resting on my lap. Aprende a hablar español? I touched the book, having forgotten it was there. Si, muy lentamente. They lied about the in a month part. She laughs. Sometimes, slow is better. Is she flirting with me? Ah, don't be stupid, Jameson. It's a beautiful day outside. Were you going out, she asked. I could go out with you if you like. I scratch at the whiskers on my neck. 
Your job is here, you know, to help those who may have forgotten how to chew their food. You don't want to step outside the boundaries laid down by Nurse Darlene on your first day. I offer her a smile. She looks around the empty room. I think we'll be okay until lunch. Crinkling her nose, a smile appears. I thumb the throttle on my chair, almost running Sue over. Damn it, I've been riding wheelchairs for almost six decades, but these stupid motorized chairs have a mind of their own. Well, that's not completely true. You see, just as I was touching the knob, her face became clear. Free of the sun's glare, the lone wasp-wasted cloud had crossed in front of the fiery orb just as Sue was crinkling her nose. And that small, almost indiscernible twitch, the first tug of deja vu plugged the strings of forgotten memories. Sue sat on a bench alongside the cobblestone path that weaves through the courtyard. Next to each bench, a concrete pad had been poured as a parking spot for the wheelchaired residents of the forget-me-not. I backed my chair into the spot next to her bench. Sue looked around the courtyard, admiring the trees and the pathways, the birdways in the day. She's young enough to admire those trivial type of things. She spoke. I listened. I detected something familiar in her voice, something that fed that tug growing inside. I tried not to stare at her face. If it made me, if it made me uncomfortable to stare at someone less than half my age, then surely it would also make her uncomfortable. Crinkling her nose appears to be a habit as she speaks about lovely things of the world around us. With each crinkle, the feeling of past acquainted strengthens. Where do I know you from? When did I know you? Sue glances down at her watch. Two hours have flown by. I need to get inside. The lunch crowd will be arriving soon. Lunch crowd? Are you coming in, Mr. Jamison? Call me Paul. No, I think I'll stay a little longer. I picked up the forgotten book still in my lap. Tiempo para estudiar mis habilidades en español. She looks over her shoulder at me, pushing hair out of her face and crinkling her nose. Bueno para ti, Pablo. Where do I know you from? 